1939, President Franklin D. Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving one week earlier than normal, believing that doing so would help bolster retail sales during one of the final years of the Great Depression. This led to much upheaval and protest, causing some to deride the holiday as Franksgiving. It was moved back to its regular slot two years later. One must stop and ponder the butterfly effect that keeping Thanksgiving during the third week of November would have had on high-strung executive Neil Page's ill-fated trip home for the holiday from Chicago to the East Coast almost 50 years later. Would he have met shower curtain salesman Del Griffith? Would they have had quite as contentious a relationship? Would Del have stuck his hands between Neil's butt cheeks, thinking they were pillows? Would they have traveled in quite so many different vehicles? Only the ghost of FDR knows. Us, we're just the two gomers, but we can speculate. On this special Thanksgiving episode, we're talking planes, trains, and automobiles, and you're listening to Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast about two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Stephen, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Happy Thanksgiving. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Thanksgiving, dude. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so... With those pleasantries out of the way, we're going to talk about Perfect Thanksgiving Movie. Yep. Of course, I'm talking about Jack and Jill Mm. starring (laughs) Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler. (laughs) So you sent sent me this um, top 20 uh, Thanksgiving movies. Where is it from? Yeah. I think it was from Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Rotten Tomatoes, which... I, I feel like I'm always looking at those lists to see if there's any Thanksgiving movies I've missed around now. Because, right. I mean, Christmas movies, there's so many of them. But yes. you're always looking right. for a little fix in November. Um, mm-hmm. Jack and Jill never shows up on any of these lists. <laughs> I still so haven't mad. seen it, dude. <laughs> what? I can't believe you haven't seen Jack and Jill. I still haven't, man. Um, I think it doesn't show up on this list because it, it's not really a Thanksgiving movie. It like starts at Thanksgiving, but it goes between Thanksgiving okay. and New Year's. Still, okay. Jack and Jill, baby, I'm telling you, Al Pacino in one of his <laughs> best roles, and I'm not being <laughs> facetious here. I actually think he lays okay. it all out on the table. Um, he plays awesome. himself, and yep, uh, it's a, a and. It's genuinely funny, you know, third act issues, second act uh-huh. issues, mm-hmm. there's some first act <laughs> issues, so it's not a perfect movie, right. but, um, and since you haven't seen it, I guess we're not going to talk about it at all, but listen, everybody, if you're looking for something fun, can't go wrong with Jack okay, and Jill. Let's, yeah, let's challenge the nation uh-huh. um, to check that out over this Thanksgiving break. So probably a two ninety nine, three ninety nine rental. Mm-hmm. Are, are you willing to pay people back? <laughs> what if they don't like it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can promise that. This is a very <laughs> soft challenge we're making right here. <laughs> like rent it on iTunes if you don't like it. 
Stephen will pay you back for it. Oh, jeez. No, that's not no, a promise. No. I bet you could find it in one of those bins. You know those bins at oh, Walmart? Oh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jack like a two-movie bin or like four <laughs> movies on one DVD. Oh, yeah, right. Like an, the Adam Sandler collection. Um, <laughs> now, if, if Jack and Jill were on a four-movie collection of Adam Sandler movies, you'd actually get five Adam Sandlers because he plays mm-hmm. those two roles in Jack and Jill. Wow. How am I That's selling it? Like Pretty good. Baker's dozen, dude. Um, <laughs> okay, not wow. Jack and Jill, but I, I mean, there are fewer Thanksgiving movies to talk about yeah. than Christmas movies. Oh yeah, were there were there any on that list you wanted to mention or no? Um, no, I mean, there is an Adam Sandler movie on there that I've never seen. Um, Funny People. You ever seen that one? Hmm. Never seen it. Apparently, that has Thanksgiving in it. What about that one with Robert Downey Jr.? Um and Holly Hunt, what is that? Oh, yes, Home for the okay. Holidays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was gonna th- I was gonna see if that was on this list that I made of Thanksgiving movies, but I don't think so. Okay. Did you nope. make a list of Thanksgiving movies? No, actually, what I did is I made a list of other movies released around the same time <laughs> as this movie, like Thanksgiving Week. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah. So actually, but we'll get to that when we get to the Gomer one sheet. Okay. Great. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Thanksgiving movies are fewer and far between. Farther right. Okay. Between. So yeah. I heard uh, this this quote from Andy Rooney. I watched okay. this from the 60 Minutes. We used to watch 60 Minutes and CBS Sunday Morning and all that stuff. Yeah. And basically his theory is that there are very few Thanksgiving movies um, because we have a very difficult time monetizing Thanksgiving. You know, oh, like, interesting. Like the the money comes after Thanksgiving, not before. Well, yeah, like Halloween, mm-hmm. it's plenty of a commercial holiday. Sure, yeah. Costumes, candy. Yep. Right. Spooky uh, decorations outside. D- yes, scary stuff everywhere. Um, and then it is, it is sandwiched between Halloween and Christmas, which is the end all be all of of spending money holiday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Billions of Christmas movies. Um, and so he's like, they just never make Thanksgiving movies because you, maybe you can't sell it because you, you can't really profit on Thanksgiving that well in between those two. Interesting. So there's tons of scary, spooky movies, mm-hmm. even like based on Halloween, right? Like, yeah, or, or set right. during that holiday. Then like a yeah. billion Christmas movies, especially on Hallmark and everything lifetime. And right. now Netflix mm-hmm. is getting right. in that game. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Thanksgiving, not so much. Exactly. But today's movie, oh, today's movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> is yes. like a solidly agreed upon Thanksgiving movie on every single, it's on every single list, probably because there aren't that many, but, and toward the top, like the, the Rotten Tomatoes one put it at third. Right. And that was based on Rotten Tomato ratings. Oh, okay. I see. So... So, because I didn't quite understand. Well, okay, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving that sits at number one. Yeah, yep. That and, and usually that does, sense. I think. Yeah, on those lists. Um, Man, Hol- Charlie Brown actually hit all three movies perfectly. Yeah, or all three holidays perfectly. Right, and usually right? probably are toward the top of any of those lists. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also realizing now 
why Jack and Jill might not be on that list if it was based on ratings. <laughs> there you go. That's so it was below twenty, <laughs> below the top twenty rated on run. It's probably it's got to have a green splat, right? It's all becoming clear. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah. Th- this one, planes, trains, and automobiles. Today's movie, uh, I would mm-hmm. say, is always in the top three, and usually, I think, vying for that number one spot with Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely. So uh, today's movie that we're going to put on trial, we are positing that it's a perfect movie, um, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I'm going to read the VHS synopsis. Yes. I do not think that I ever owned this movie on VHS. We owned it on MP4. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's been in this folder that I have called like regulate or like holiday movies. Well, no, it's probably in Christmas. Duh, I don't where, have a holiday where, where movie we, section. Like, we like burned all our DVDs and then shared them all on hard drives one Christmas. Okay, so here's the planes, trains, and automobiles. I wish that you could see. I, I mean, here, I, I mean, maybe I can share my screen, but I love the look of the back of a VHS. It's like mm, so much real estate, right? It's so big. Yeah. And so... Uh-huh. It's like a record, right? You you have so much yeah. room for art. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, here it is. Neil Page is an advertising ex- executive who just wants to fly home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his family. But all Neil Page gets is misery. Misery mm-hmm. named Del Griffith, a loudmouth but <laughs> nevertheless lovable salesman. Salesman? Salesman who leads Neil on a cross-country wild goose chase that keeps Neil from tasting his turkey. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> if it's painful, funny, or just plain crazy, it happens to Neil and Dell in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, every traveler's nightmare in a comedy come true. Mm, Pretty good. That is a great synopsis. Yeah. Um, I like that. Wild Goose Chase. Is this like, is that some sort of like, it's a bird theme, right? Neil on a cross-country yeah. wild goose chase that keeps Neil from tasting his turkey. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not thrilled with that tasting a turkey <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, that that does. Because the thing is, spoiler alert. Um, he does get to taste his turkey, although we don't get to see that. Right. We never. We never right. get the big turkey payoff at the end. You're well. Yeah. Do we ever see? We see it being cut, but is that in his in his imagination? He's like, imagine. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's like one of those. And we're gonna talk about the score. One of those moments where the yep. score swells and he's like thinking and seeing. Yes. Imagining what's happening at home. That might be in one of our uh, exhibits, actually, dude. Oh, yeah, that's now true. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, should we go to the Gomer one sheet? Yeah. Before we get to the trial. Um, yep. You sent me <laughs> this <laughs> scribblings of a madman. Gomer one sheet. <laughs> Here it is. How about chicken scratchings, bro? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is turkey scratchings um, to there keep with go. the holiday. Uh, so yep. this is this is the piece of paper that Anthony takes a picture of <laughs> and sends to me called the Gomer One Sheet, which honestly, yep. dude, I love. When this shows up on my in my text string, oh, baby, yep. I love the Gomer One Sheet. Um, the first thing <laughs> it I looks noticed- so much different than the... Uh, than the rundown which you make for me which is perfectly set 
in PowerPoint or uh, Word or whatever with bullet points, one sheet perfectly. <laughs> you, you, your writing like becomes steadily smaller when you realize you don't have room to write everything that you want to write. <laughs> Right. Um, and then the thing I noticed was you misspelled planes. You spelled it like <laughs> trains, <laughs> but then just scribbled it out and, and corrected <laughs> to the proper spelling of planes. Okay. Um, so we like to run through kind of the um, essential facts, right, about the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do okay, we got here? So, okay. So. Release date November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven. What a weird uh, which move! Was the, yeah, day before Thanksgiving. Uh, well, Andy Rooney would be happy there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> right. Here's something crazy though: is the next day they released Three Men and a Baby on Thanksgiving. Huh. Well, yeah. I guess, so Thanksgiving's always Thursday, right? So they mm-hmm. have the Friday big release. I guess mm-hmm. Christmas release, and that's three men and a baby. Um, hmm. wonder. I mean, did those two do big competition? These two movies. I don't know. You know what? I didn't look up the. Actually, maybe you can look that up. Just look up how much uh, three men and a baby grossed at the box office. Guess what? Um, I think I know something crazy about three men and a baby. I think ooh. it. I think it was the highest grossing movie of the year. I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that, but isn't that okay. insane? That the three is... men and a baby, a movie like that would even be in the top ten this year. Hmm. Would never happen. Everything's just so epic and dark now. Right. Or like you um know? it has to be part of a franchise. Mm-hmm. But if you think about three men and a baby in nineteen eighty seven could get even close, I'm amazed. Um yep. I'm looking that up right now. So All right, keep so reading the budget. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the budget, thirty million dollars. Probably most of it. Went to John Candy and Steve Martin. I I'm wonder guessing, if they made yeah. the exact same amount. I wonder. I mean, I, I wonder what their star meter was at that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. who's who's the more bankable star, Steve? I would guess John Candy. Yeah, because Steve Martin was coming off of being like this worldwide phenomenon of a comedian. Uh huh. Um, John Candy. Nah, but dude, they're both like mega stars at that point. You're right. Yeah, right? Uh, Steve Martin's coming from SNL, and mm. John Candy is coming from that Canadian Second City. Um, mm. No, that's Chicago. Oh, that's right. But maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, him and it. Rick Moranis and all those guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Both bankable stars. They probably got a chunk of because where else would the money go? Hmm. There's Just shots of, of like a, a train with four cars on it. Like, did you notice that? Like, like I totally told Aaron, like we were we were watching that. We watched that as a family. Uh-huh. Um, dude. Okay, here's another reason, real quick, as we get back to the Scomer one sheet. But basically, if they took out that f bomb scene, right? This could be totally on par as a family movie with Home Alone, with um. The, the Charlie Brown even. Right, yeah. Like, there's there's a couple of the classic 80s swears. Yep. But that, like, okay, so we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're totally brain, right. So. It, it that, That's definitely a, okay, let's fast forward this part section. Right, so movie. I just wanted people to know 
with our four-year-old and eight-year-old we did abs <laughs> like it was like oh here it comes just fast forward which kind of stinks because Edie mcclurg is freaking hilarious it's a genius scene. in that scene like brilliant okay uh this movie grossed almost 50 million dollars you yep. have that uh figure from uh three men and a baby yet mm-hmm. so just let, let okay. me tell you about three men and a baby real quick i was right all right highest grossing movie of 1987 Wow. $187 million that movie made. Wow. I can't believe it. Dang. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about awards. Okay. Oh, I can't see you, bro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Working um, out the case. Now that we're on, yeah, still on Zoom, still yep. looking on video, which is great. Okay, dude. Awards. Mm-hmm. Award winning planes, trains, and automobiles. No awards. <laughs> um, no awards. <laughs> Uh, they did. They were, John Candy was nominated uh-huh. funniest actor in a, in a motion picture yeah. leading role in mm-hmm. the American Comedy Award. Didn't get it. Mm. Oh, well. you know, it would have been cool to look up who he lost to. Um, other movies released around the same time: Three Men and a Baby, which we talked about. Yep. Teen Wolf two. Oh, not starring Michael J. Fox. Not, not it's the not Michael J. Fox one. Right. Jason Bateman. Oh, right. The other teen. Well, was he a teen heartthrob? I don't um, know. I will tell you, he doesn't age. Right? Jason looks Bateman the same in, look, uh, looks the same. <laughs> yep. Arrested Development. Yep. Still now. Yeah. Um, And Running Man. Running Arnold. Man. Yeah. So oh, it kind of brings it back to the Gomers. Yep. And Less Than Zero. Less Than Zero. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. The only thing I know about it, uh, Robert Downey Jr., James Spader, and Andrew McCarthy from my favorite show from movie from the 80s as a kid why was i watching this mannequin <laughs> it's basically i mean they don't go there but it's basically like a sex doll movie right like <laughs> that is an insane movie yeah i don't how think... do you make that premise um and julia louis dreyfus is in that really Right? Wait. It's, no, she's there's a woman that's like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. Somebody else I don't with know. brown hair. <laughs> right. It's somebody who I thought was Julia. Sorry. My apologies. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. People love this movie. And people love it. That's great. Yeah, I It doesn't would say, have a critic's rating on there. Oh, no. I, I, would, I would say it's pretty universally loved, adored, mm-hmm. and... Uh, yep. It also feels like one of those you can't go wrong movies to just put on in the background during Thanksgiving. Yep. So I like that about yep. it, too. Until you get to that F-bomb scene. <laughs> well, th- that's interesting. This is our first R-rated movie we're doing. Huh. Wow. And it's got to be because of that scene. Yep. Absolutely. Well, he also gets in the taxi that one time and there's some nudes. <laughs> oh, you're right. Naked pictures up around in the taxi. Um, yep. Another crazy thing, right? I mean, if if this movie were made today, they would cut those scenes out so they could make more money. You, you're, you know, that is an amazing point because what we said about this could be an ultimate family movie. Yeah. If not for the nude things, the F-bombs, uh, and you, you're right on. This would be a blockbuster now if they redid it. Yep. Just cut some stuff. Yeah. They would either and go not even hard for R art purposes. Yeah, they would either go hard oh, yeah. R or they'd go PG at this point or PG thirteen. Um, uh huh. But that's so weird that this gets an R because of what thirty seconds, a minute of mm-hmm. the movie. Crazy. 
good part about that is you can just fast forward. Boom. Perfect movie. And we have seen it a million times, so we know exactly when to do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, should we head over to uh, the trailer? We're going to listen to the trailer. Yep. And then we're going to put this movie on trial. Great. Let's do it. During holiday travel, some people get delirious. Some get delayed. And some get Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Two happy clams just whistling down the road. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and the Maritone family. Paramount Pictures presents... Wilma! Steve Martin. You ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see Don Ho while you were there? See the second show, that's the best one. Is that right? Yeah. John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hello game, hello game. Hey, future Steven here. Yep, future Anthony here. With a little, I don't know, heads up for what you're about to hear. Right. <laughs> it's been, it's planes, been a long... Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> right, exactly. You're about to hear planes, trains, and automobiles. It's, it's been a long time since we recorded this episode. Right. This was one of those that was pre-season game. Yep. You know. Was this our first step? Nope. we recorded? Uh sleepless in seattle oh that's right so this is number two yep uh and what's important to know i kind of kicked around like should we even release this right because uh we don't know what we're doing at all right (laughs) we know a little bit right no it's it's half baked which yeah the the it's now like three quarters baked i like i think we're still gonna we're still figuring it out but yeah, we we ha- we have the idea of the trial. Yep. Of the evidences, but we don't really yep. have any structure for how we talk about those things. <laughs> we just kind of talk about the evidence. But dude, okay, we just spent a minute talking about what's wrong about it or yeah. what's different about it. Yep. It is a really fun episode. Mhm. Right? Yeah. I actually, I'm going to take your word for it because I have not heard it since we recorded it months ago. (laughs) But what I remember of it is we get to talk about John Hughes. We get to talk about John Candy. We get to talk about Steve Martin and we get to talk about Thanksgiving. We have Thanksgiving chat. Yep. Uh, It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun, but it's it's a little different than where we're going. And actually, I hope people like it for that reason. Cool. Yeah. All right, dude. Um, Well, let's let's move right on into the app all right let's do it all rise how's it going planes trains and automobiles stands accused of being a perfect movie (laughs) he's back he's back baby yep midwestern midwestern and that's good for this movie dude oh yeah 
because this this movie is midwestern through and through i agree right yeah um there's that map i think i texted to you that kind of shows the the journey it lays it all out um and it's though it does start east coast right but then the large bulk of it happens yeah in the midwest somewhere between kansas and chicago yeah this movie takes place yeah um, and we'll, we'll we need to talk about a couple of the minor plot hole issues yep later yeah to dealing with that map but for now i want to give exhibit a as to why this movie is a perfect movie wait hold on let me re- let me explain oh. real quick because we're still early oh. in the podcast what we're doing right um and this is for me as well as the listener because we're still <laughs> right. figuring it out. So, um, per- Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, you and I believe it to be a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. That's our stance. Even though you mm-hmm. just said there were plot holes, but still, I Ooh. think I, I think it can be perfect even with plot holes. Um, so, we're going to do this. We're going to bring evidence to the table. Anthony and I both have two pieces of evidence. Uh, about why we believe today's movie to be perfect. Uh, we're going to put them out there to you, to one another and to you, listener. And then uh, listeners at the end get a say. They can act as judge, jury, and possibly executioner um, to decide, help us decide whether this movie, which is on a giant list right now, what do you think? Yep. 150 movies we have on this list. <laughs> right. We're trying to curate a smaller list of actual perfect movies to make the world a more delightful yep. place um yes weren't we were reading somewhere that somebody else actually said this was a perfect movie or something we're not the only people that think this is a perfect movie right there is a critic like <laughs> top critic uh-huh uh his name roger ebert i heard of him and let me just let me just read a little bit of of his review now this wasn't his original review he reviews this movie again in 2000 oh wow okay so this movie was important enough to be reviewed twice i wonder did he do that often like take another look or something huh okay i don't know yeah gotta look that up yep um okay so here's what he says Uh uh-huh some movies are obviously great others gradually thrust their greatness upon us (laughs) when planes trains and automobiles was revealed was released in 1987 I enjoyed it immensely, gave it a favorable review, and moved on. But the movie continued to live in my memory. Like certain other popular entertainments, It's a Wonderful Life, E.T., Casablanca, if not only contained a universal theme, but also matched it with the right actors and story so that it shrugged off the other movies of its kind Mm. and stood above them in a kind of perfection. There's our word, man. Yep. This is the only movie our family watches as a custom most every Thanksgiving. Wow. So a couple things that blow my mind about that review. Okay. One is it sounds like um, Ebert is curating his own list. He names movies mm-hmm. there, which I thought was interesting. Yep. Then he used the yep. words the word perfection and then this thing about him watching it with his family. Uh-huh. Kind of a glimpse into his uh his life. I wonder if yeah. he, I, I don't remember him doing that often. Yeah, like what's that even like watching a movie with Ebert? Like, <laughs> like, like I. Everybody has to like, give their know, thumbs up or thumbs down at the end. Yeah, it's required. Like I heard, I heard somebody say like when you are watching a sunset, 
mm-hmm. you don't want to watch it with a meteorologist. <laughs> <laughs> you want to right. watch it and just enjoy the awe of it. So, like, are you sitting there? Although it would be super fun, and also meteorologists are amazing, and I know one that's really great. Uh, <laughs> we love meteorologists, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but uh, yeah, but actually, it would be fun to watch a movie with Ebert because maybe he could just. Maybe maybe it's like when he watches a movie, it's like the Matrix. Like he sees numbers. Oh right, yeah. Like, Here's a plot hole. Here's yeah. how they could fix that. Look at that. That's amazing. You know. Um, he's dead though, right? Yep. <laughs> so is Andy Rooney. Yep. Lots of dead people so far. Yep. Man, <laughs> maybe we need some newer people. Um, like not not newer, more current. Um, well, Rotten Tomatoes. We've been talking about them a lot. Yeah, I mean that's cutting edge. Rotten Tomatoes and two. <laughs> Two dead men is who we're <laughs> referencing so far. And later we're going to be uh, quoting mentalfloss.com and BuzzFeed. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we should put this movie on trial. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Exhibit A is coming from me. Uh-huh. Is home. Home. Okay. Yeah. We talked about this earlier and you were like, do you mean house? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, because of the house. Right. Now that would work in home alone because that house. Yeah. Is like is like a character of its own. But here's the thing. To me, the entire point of this movie Uh is to get home. Right. Got it. And so when he calls home, Mm -hmm. man, dude, that the the video, the, the shots that they got, um, of his wife and his kids like smiling at the camera. Yeah. They're like all super dressed up. Uh-huh. You know, like classic 80s dressed up. Now, when does that know? happen in the movie? Like it's toward the beginning. He Is it his first call home? Yeah. Or maybe maybe it was when he's daydreaming on the plane. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those. Got it. Um, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it was him daydreaming on the daydreaming on the plane. Which is like I do every time the the a plane lifts off the ground. <laughs> I miss my family. I don't care where I'm going. I'm, if I'm going home, if I'm leaving. Yeah. You know the draw. There's uh-huh. something about that moment. Yep. Um. That that no matter what adventure you're heading to, yeah. you can be excited about the adventure, but it's still like I can't wait to get home. Right. And and like from the get go in the movie, that's what he wants to do right like when Mm -hmm. he's in that dumb Mm -hmm. meeting um so frustrating and then and the whole thing is like i just so you don't actually see his home very often right right but you know it's shots of it well they just paint they paint the picture so perfectly like like in castaway Uh you know how um uh who's the actress that's in that i'm helen hunt for a second here helen hunt Mm-hmm. Okay, she's barely in the movie. Yeah, but the but because she was her character was so strong, mm-hmm. you could think of her through the entire movie. He just wants to get back to her. Yeah, yeah. And so, like in like 10, 20 seconds of this little montage mm-hmm. with actually good music, I think. Yep. Um, you're like, you just everybody looks so happy, and you know, as soon as you get home, it's not like that anymore it's like it's crazy like two minutes later that's a really good point like the fantasy of home is so strong right yeah 
and they set it up perfectly and then the whole time that's what you know he's longing for and it just makes the frustration all the things that don't work out right that much more interesting yeah you know and, yeah he's not daydreaming what's probably accurately going on at home which is the kids are being <laughs> super bad and the mom right. is going crazy and actually is probably really pissed that he's not home yet right? <laughs> right all of his imaginings are i just want to sit on that couch i just mm-hmm. want to walk in that door i want the turkey to be being carved the candles yeah. are lit right right um yep and, and it's great tension building because everything mm-hmm. else around him sucks. Yep. And it's also, it's like a huge contrast immediately. Now, you don't know Dell's story, mm-hmm. um, but it's a huge contrast to Dell. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, he's just, he's imagining all this, all this beauty and just amazingness. And then he's with Dell with his socks, you know, with, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. yep. <laughs> he's sitting next to, the old guy from um, Home Alone. Yeah. The dangly ones, little earrings. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, same guy. I didn't realize that. Right? Bill Irwin. I just wrote old guy on plane. Just a John Hughes guy, right? Yep. And yeah. he was in Seinfeld. So funny. Oh. Like at, like season two or something. Okay. Like he's Jer- Jerry adopts him as like somebody he's going to take care of. Oh my gosh, that episode is hilarious. So like, yeah, there's a lot of character actors in in this movie, right? Right. That just show mm-hmm. up and you're like, oh, that guy, Kevin Bacon, right? When mm-hmm. um, th- that initial him trying to catch the yeah. cab scene, he's up against like, Kevin why? Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yep. So actually, that really leads well into my exhibit B. Can okay. I just go right into it? Go for it. Great. Okay. So home, your exhibit A, exhibit A is really set up well, I think. That's his goal. He wants to get home. Exhibit right. B for me is um, – I'm just going to call it the single bed. Mm, I know so where you're going with this, man. He and Del meet, right? They're kind of stuck together. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Obviously, an odd couple, right? Mismatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and – they're stuck in, I can't remember, Iowa? Kansas no, it's, City. Uh, it's Kansas. Wichita, right. maybe? Yeah, that's right. Um, and they get a hotel together. Uh, Dell works it out. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're ups- Neil's upset they have to share a room. Mm-hmm. And then they walk yeah. into the room. And there is one bed. Mm. And I think what that one bed represents to me is just how awful... And terrible <laughs> and uncomfortable the whole situation is and the, yeah <laughs> and and there's just something this has happened to me before with somebody i like me and a staff partner uh-huh. we're yep. at a conference we walk into the room and there's one bed so mm. i know how that feels but just imagine what it would be like if you're with somebody you just met right and he's like dell <laughs> um who he's already annoyed by yep. you know i mean they establish him and because i don't want to say he's like you know he doesn't have good hygiene yeah or anything, but like clearly in this hotel scene it's demonstrated um but but even like the sock scene like oh which happens you know, in that like, same room right like um well no the sock scene is on uh is on the plane 
Oh, that's when that's he first right. starts yeah, talking okay. to him. He's like, my dogs are barking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Takes his socks off, flaps him around. I was thinking about his underwear in the sink. Oh, um, my gosh. Th- there's just all sorts of that that room, that scene. And, it you know, there's the butt cheeks that happens there also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they have their first kind of real argument in that room about, yeah. like, you're annoying and I hate you. And, uh-huh. well, but people like me and what my wife likes, likes me, all that stuff. And they still mm. have to sleep in that bed together. Mm. Um, and it just, it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. N- not even it's just this detail that it's, even if these two guys liked each other, that would be an uncomfortable situation, but because they don't, right. and they're so different, they've been thrown together in this travel situation. And now they're realizing we have to sleep in the said same bed together. Um, yeah, that there's there's just something that makes me feel uncomfortable, which I think the movie mm-hmm. is trying to do. Yeah, um, there there's a moment in that scene, too, where I was thinking this last time watching, like, do I actually like this movie? Because <laughs> right. it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Can a perfect movie be perfect without me liking it? I think it can. Right. Um, For, but yeah. especially toward the center section front center section of that movie i'm like i actually don't enjoy it it right. makes me so uncomfortable it's it's very anxiety producing like imagine like something aaron and i were doing when we were watching this movie and with lily too was mm-hmm. like putting yourself in those shoes yeah and i was like i would just not do that <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you do I, instead right well i think i'd be like dude I'm like super sorry. Like this sounds like Alex right here. But like <laughs> so sorry, man. But like I can't. Like I can't be in this ho- like I'm too claustrophobic or something. Okay, yeah. Um and it's like almost over the top <laughs> nasty. Um but somehow he deals with it. And you're you know, okay, this is just kind of stream of consciousness here. I'm sorry. Yeah. But no. like I don't understand um basically how the guy that we know as Neil uh-huh. makes it through this and they end up sleeping in the same bed. Like there's there's a kind of an, a major redemptive quality in that moment of like his little monologue is almost too mean. Yeah. But then somehow they end up OK. Yeah. And th- there is kind of this up and down with both of them. Um, I think especially in Neil, that's Steve Martin's character, um, mm-hmm. where he is really trying to be civil at first right and nice to this obviously annoying guy then he snaps yeah. several times during the movie but he always mm-hmm. kind of comes back and apologizes yeah um and realizes that he was a jerk and that happens all in that one scene um and sets yep. up the movie really well for what their dynamic is going to be which i think is why that bed is my evidence because he ends up getting in the bed with him anyway Yep, um, and they end up spooning. <laughs> they spoon. Uh, <laughs> those aren't pillows. <laughs> so those aren't pillows, which I think is also the most quotable part of the yep. movie. And so that yep. happens in that bed. Um, so yep. there's all sorts of things wrapped up in that bed together. Um, so that's also, my exhibit B. A, a little detail that I had forgotten about mm-hmm. was that he spills a beer in the bed. Yep. Smokes in the room. <laughs> Uh, and like, what was he doing in that shower? I just don't get it. 
Like, I don't get how he messed the whole thing up. It uh, is destroyed. Yep. And that one towel scene, dude, I have had that happen twice. Um, once, like, when he only has one towel. Like, remember when Remember when um, I went and visited Calgren out uh-huh. in, in Minnesota? Yep, I do. And you and Al came up. Begrudgingly. And, yeah. <laughs> totally guilted me into that. <laughs> we... We have to talk about that when we talk about Day After Damari because we watched that. Okay. And like tons of episodes of Arrested Development. But yeah. anyways, I, this is a bachelor pad, mm-hmm. super awesome house that this guy owns. Yep. And I ended up with a washcloth to dry off with. <laughs> like after I, I was like, Chris, dude, do you have any like towels, man? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, this is all I got, bro. Sorry. Um, so um, that has happened and it's rough. There, There is this one time I was doing a homestay for something. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I was in college, probably on like a trip or an exchange thing. I don't even remember the details, but I know I was staying with this old couple. Um, And I took a shower and I got out no towels at all. (laughs) And I was too embarrassed to ask for one (laughs) because I didn't know this couple. And so I dried off with the bath mat, the rug. (laughs) (laughs) wow i know um wow so there's certainly there are bathroom situations that happen like that but man it it just somehow this movie is able to just for people that travel a lot yep and that are in awkward situations with other people a lot which i think you and i both are yeah everything feels familiar you get a gross feeling you it it like yep. hurts in your gut a little bit, oh, um, right? Yeah, and so I, I I just think it's a it's a perfectly put together scene that I don't like. Um, yep. So that's got me thinking right. about this whole thing, which is like sometimes I may not like a movie, but I may say, yeah, it's it's perfectly done. Yep, it's great. So that's your exhibit B. Uh, okay, so I'll just skip right to my exhibit C then, um, All right. because we're trying something new here. We're trying to do it sequentially. Um, right so we were talking about how there there is kind of like this this relationship dynamic right between Dell and neil um and for me i feel like you're on neil's side at first Mm. you come in being like neil's got it together he just wants to go home and then this buffoon comes in right john candy um (laughs) and messes up his life but i feel like one of the things the movie does really well is that it is it shifts your perspective throughout the movie. And so my exhibit Mm. C is, is a scene that I really love, which is when they're stuck, I think at the train station or the bus station and, uh, Dell sells shower rings to make the money to get to the next place. So Uh my exhibit C is the shower ring sale scene. Um, For two reasons. One is that you really get to see that Dell is better at some things than Neil is. I think he's better hmm. at relationships than he than Neil is. He's a really good salesman. Yeah. So you get to see that in action. Um, and so it's kind of this uh, shifting perspectives thing that I think makes the movie so good. You really see that happen in that scene. And then the yep. other part is that there are just these super typical 80s John Hughes moments in that scene. Where um, another another time that happens is in the bus where Steve Martin starts singing and everybody turns around at once and stares at him and there's no dialogue. 
That doesn't happen right. anymore. But that happens several yeah. times in this scene where like he will be pitching the shower curtains as like earrings or something. Right. And then all the girls at the same time, without saying anything, will hand him money. We'll just stick out money yeah. in front of yeah. their hands. And it's just so and there's music in the background. It's just such a yep. typical John Hughes, I think, in particular. Yeah. Eighties moment. Um yeah. I just really love that scene for those reasons. Yeah. There are so many John Hughes tropes throughout yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Like another big one that I caught and loved was uh when he was singing in the car, when John Candy's singing in the car, uh-huh. you know, like it's it's straight out of Home Alone. It's cool it's jerk, the cool jerk, it's the <laughs> right? cool jerk all over again. <laughs> well, actually, I guess the cool jerk is that again. You're right, because because that came out later. But um, that like that that's Aaron and I immediately were like, this is the cool jerk scene. You know, he does. He's playing the saxophone. He's playing the keys. Yeah. Our kids were rolling on the floor. <laughs> What's the song? Mess around, right? <laughs> yes, the mess, mess around. around. Ray Charles. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Just a prolonged scene of just John Candy singing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and a song from my. I'm guessing from the 50s or 60s, right? It's just like exactly yeah. this. It's just dropped in, right? This John yep. Hughes does that. Yeah. He did uh, Christmas Vacation. No, um, did John Hughes have anything to do with that? Yeah, he might have. Right. W- w- yeah, which is there's also a Ray Charles song scene in yeah. that movie. There we got a real the Ray Charles scene uh, when he's watching the old tapes up in the attic. Yep. Super duper cold. John oh, Hughes I tropes. Love man, that scene. Yeah. There's John Hughes tropes and there's John Hughes actors. I mean, Ferris Bueller's dad. Yep. Is in this the secretary. Um, pucker up buttercup right uh <laughs> um the the uh what does she say about his friends ferris bueller's friends nerds righteous dudes oh yeah heads. he's they think he's or, a righteous dude <laughs> right perfect midwest <laughs> midwestern accent which she beautifully plays up yep. in this yeah as we mentioned before like even her little snort is like brilliant <laughs> it's so like um i don't know midwestern yeah 80s mom or something you know yeah um john hughes wrote christmas vacation okay i thought so yeah you can and maybe that's where i got julia louis dreyfus from i don't know oh i love her in that movie dang (laughs) um so funny so yeah i i think so that scene is i i I like to i pick that one in particular because i think that it encompasses dell is good at stuff Uh uh-huh and i and like Neil is surprised there. Um, and I think that sets up kind of the rest of their journey throughout the the time where he's like, um, yeah, I, I think you're good relationally. I, I think they even, he even compliments him about that at one point. Um, yep. But that doesn't matter. I just want to get home. And he doesn't realize that that's going to help him get home. Right. Right. Uh, so he, I, I just, he actually that. needs Dell. Right. Exactly. And Dell is an is a great asset and yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yep. Okay. Um you want to do your last one? Exhibit exhibit D? Yep. All right. Exhibit D. I'm just calling the L train. Okay, so that L train. You mentioned in the 
the the scene when they go when they get to the hotel at first made you uncomfortable yes for some reason and i can't remember why maybe it was like we were getting tired like the last time we watched this which was friday okay or no sorry sunday uh-huh so a few days ago and um i don't know i was getting a little slow like i was feeling like it was dragging the so movie itself the movie was dragging yeah okay yeah but i was like man we're gonna record this podcast perfect movie and then the final scene the so, final so 10 wait minutes why do movie, why do you why do you feel like i felt i feel that way often too with this movie why do you feel like it was dragging yeah. I can't see. I I can't put my finger on it, but I was kind of getting bored. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. I think for me, I'm just like I can't take the things going wrong anymore. Mm. So because yeah. we tr- because I travel a lot, I know how it is to get to a rental car space and the key mm-hmm. not to work, or something, right. or to just barely miss a plane and just and just say to them like I'm I'm 30 seconds late. Can I get on? And then be like no. And so yep. I think the movie drags for me because I'm like, I just want him to get home, which is how right. I feel when, <laughs> when I just want to get home. Um, right. So I don't, I don't know. That's, that's how I, that's what I noticed this past time. It, it dragged because I just wanted him to get home. Okay. Um, it, it might have something to do with it. It was getting late and I was super tired. Yeah. <laughs> which also <laughs> um, is a travel thing. Right. Uh, but then... Uh, they get to the train station mm-hmm. and the, just the last 10 minutes is incredible. Yeah. Um, the, here's where the biggest reveal of the movie happens. And this is like, as far as I can remember, the closest to sixth sense <laughs> that John Hughes ever gets. <laughs> right. I've been homeless the whole time. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've, so Neil finally puts two and two together. Now I want to know what else they talked about. Uh-huh. Because they did spend a ton of time together. I heard John Hughes' first cut of this movie was like three and a half hours long. Right. Or something. And and I think we get them saying that it's um three days. Well, we know it's two nights, right? So it's over mm-hmm. three days this trip is. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're only really apart for a few hours. Right. So, and, and remember like, like when, um, when they, when they leave, uh-huh. Neil, sorry, Steve Martin says to Dell, Neil says to Dell, um, say hi to your wife. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know her, mm. you know, so they must have talked a lot. Yeah. Yep. And maybe Neil just listened a lot. I don't know. You know, <laughs> actually that's kind of. Like, what did Neil share? I don't know. Yeah, I get the feeling from the get-go that Neil was uh-huh. not much of the talker, that Dell was sharing right. a lot. So I, I like that concept that he does put it together on the L train. Uh-huh. We get flashbacks to their conversations there, right? Yep, totally flashbacks. Like, the, the one big one, which is like the red flag, and I'm so proud of our eight-year-old Lily totally picked it up way faster than i ever did huh when he said i haven't been home in years oh yeah and then he puts out his picture her, he has his, her picture out and lily was like is this wife dead huh wow and i was like dang okay good job like way to go <laughs> um spoiler alert but people have already seen this and i don't know why i keep saying that um but 
but that's when when he finally realizes dude this dude he's 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 homeless yeah his wife he, is his dead his wife isn't around yeah yep. um he's he's got that giant trunk with all of his stuff in it yep and he makes that realization on the L train um which i know there's an L train because of the fugitive in chicago got it. <laughs> Yep, because <laughs> they hear the L train behind that phone call, and they're like, "What cities have an L train?" And right. Chicago. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, he makes that connection, uh, and then takes the train back. I'm assuming the same L train right. back to pick right. Dell up. <laughs> right. And then, and he's still sitting there. He's still sitting there because, and then, then is the sixth sense moment where he reveals, "Yep, I don't have a home." Man. You know, I feel like John Candy is a really good actor. I agree. Like, I think in this movie, he's a much better actor. I mean, Steve Martin's funny. He's great. Does a great job. But, like, man, there's, like, real pain uh-huh. in John Candy. Real vulnerability. Yep. I mean, man, when when uh, Steve Martin, like, destroys him, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, in his monologue that I thought went too far. Yeah. He looks hurt. Yes. Um, like a really hurt, like almost gutted. Yep. Um, like I've, I've laid out who I am to you and then you just trampled on it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why that scene just kind of hit me in mm-hmm. that way that it was just too mean spirited. Yeah. Um, and then just, just one other time when he is, is brilliant is, um, when they break up at that diner, Uh huh. you know, or like. They're having like Waffle House or, you know, some yeah, sort yeah. of place. Yep. And he's like, you know, I just think it'd be better. We just go our separate ways. Um, And when he says, keep the money, you know, like just yep. leave it. Yeah. Fine. Don't take it. Mm-hmm. Like he gets mad. Yeah. I think both of them really play that scene well because mm-hmm. Steve Martin, I think, really thinks he's doing the right thing. And he thinks that Dell will not really see through what he's trying to do which is get rid of him and so he's like Mm -hmm. it's been great i've liked it but we need to part ways we're better apart Mm -hmm. and then john candy gets sees right through that he's like you're just trying to get rid of me which c martin is and so i i i I think they're both i think john candy has the harder job which is hiding the truth the whole time while talking so much <laughs> and so, right, and so right. the reveal means more at the end because it's like you told him everything except this most important detail that he had to kind yeah. of pick up himself. Yeah, and then they walk into the sunset together. <laughs> back. Yeah. Okay. So, so right. Okay. So the musical cue underneath, um, his 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 daydreaming, uh, Neil's daydreaming on the L, right, laughing, mm-hmm. seeing the sixth sense moments that. That score is beautiful. Uh huh. And then this music is so dumb. What, what do you mean? Every the song? time we you go away, yeah. it could it be more on the nose? Like okay, yeah, yeah. Th- it's like the lyrics. I wonder. I wonder yeah. if that song was written for this movie. Hmm. Um. Every time you go, it's it's yeah. Um, I guess it definitely puts you in the eighties. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's like, it, it's, it, it was not my favorite. Um, and you know, I hate saying like mean stuff because I'm sure it was super awesome and great. 
I don't know. It just it's on the nose. It's like the drums, bat, 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 symbol. It's like this diminished chord. It's like do, 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 do. It's like, <laughs> um, well, yeah. So then, I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. wondering what makes an '80s song that you like, and what makes an mm-hmm. '80s song that you hate. Because I don't know. Listen to "I've Had a Time of My Life." Also came out in 1987. <laughs> that's a great 80s song right i mean you you wrote some of these down on gomer one sheet right i want to dance yeah. with somebody is a yeah an, an incredible song know. although yeah right there it wouldn't have worked but <laughs> no that's not what i mean the thing should have <laughs> that would have been a song <laughs> <laughs> like dude just edit that scene on top of i want to dance with somebody they're carrying the trunk <laughs> i think you could sort of make it work but it would be a little bit of a jump <laughs> or incredible. bad yeah bad came out um, i think we're alone now mm-hmm. tiffany that would work too um mm-hmm. but not at the end because then they reunite with the family um yep. oh sorry did you close the books on your exhibit d oh no uh you know the only other thing i read this mm-hmm. is like i think from mental floss yeah was that originally john or originally the script had neil or sorry had dell go home with neil on the train in that like moment. on the train okay and then they meet or, like they they stay together all the way to home okay and john hughes changed that in the editing room i think they might have done a reshoot or something like that where he was like no neil or sorry dell is still too noble mm. to, to to go that far to to and force so, himself into neil's home he wouldn't do that yes okay got it yep and i think that was a great choice because neil going back to get him yeah is such a more powerful ending like it's it's almost like um you know neil neil's change of heart is complete yep um you know he went through this whole movie from hating the dude to come to my home i agree inviting him in is way different than him forcing him way into the house and then you feeling Mm -hmm. continually uncomfortable now i do think that it still is weird (laughs) that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the family the in-laws are all there and right. then finally dad comes home and he's got some guy yeah. with him <laughs> see this would happen to me oh yeah that's, <laughs> that's very true and i brought baka <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent true um okay so there's our exhibits um yep uh I just want to make a closing argument. I, okay. I think that even though the movie makes me feel uncomfortable, I think mm-hmm. it is perfect because it is a road trip movie. It's a buddy movie. It's a travel yep. movie. Um, yep. Uh, and and I think it's really funny, even though sometimes that funny is cringeworthy. I think it's right. got great jokes. I love that part where. Um, so here's, here's the, um, eighties PG part where, um, uh-huh. Dell talks to him about how he plays with his balls so much or too much. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, you know what I want? It's like, I don't know, another hand to play with your balls with more or something like that. I mean, it's great. there's, there's great dynamic. Um, and I, yep. I, I do think that the way they're able to really connect with the feeling of needing to get home and also mm-hmm. how uncomfortable things can be on the way is brilliantly done. Mm, so that's so my good. closing argument. Um, and then 
uh, I think now it's time to go to what are we going to call it again? Um, oh yeah, uh, Tony's Tony's phone Tony's phone notes. Oh, and I was going to do it in the ET voice. <laughs> Tony, oh, yeah. what I'm trying to get my ET. Tony's phone notes. I'm trying to see, get it? Like ET phone yeah. home <laughs> doesn't quite work. Shoot. It sort of sounded like um, Gollum, actually. Oh, yeah, you might I got to work on my ET like before the ET app. Um, mm. So do, do you have any notes on your phone? Because this is what you do. I do. Right? You I, take notes while you're, while you're yeah, watching. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm, you know, like I know your rule, your family rule, and, and our kids are not old enough for this yet, about one screen at a time. Yep, one screen at a time. Which I think is great. Yeah. Um, but when we're doing research for movies like this, mm-hmm. I still have my phone out. Okay. Um, just to take notes. Yeah. Um, dude, just following up on that ending scene, super duper quick. It's just the whole driving force of the movie that he's so excited about is getting home. Yeah. And I had never thought about it till right now that once he's home, now Dell. So Dell is dreading the moment when they leave each other. Yeah. And Neil is looking forward to that more than anything in his whole life. Uh-huh. Until, you know, I don't know. It's just super yeah. good writing. Yeah, I love it. All right. Let me just go through these real quick. Okay. If just- any, any, you can put a timer on it. <laughs> just say. Okay. Or, or you can just read ones that stick out to you. All right. Because you write a lot of notes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, first one. Well, first of all, I said it's only 90 minutes. That's kind of crazy. That's actually pretty short. I love it. 90 movie. minute movies. They're my favorite. I know. The only problem is you're like done in 90 minutes. And I was like, oh, man. It's like when you get to the end of a Chipotle burrito. Yeah. Or like one of your favorite dishes. And you're like, dang it. That was so good. And I'm so happy and so sad because it's done already. Well, well, yeah. But you get to the end of a Chipotle burrito and you're like, I'm full. I'm satisfied. It didn't take yep. me very long. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. I couldn't also eat chip and guac. That's how I feel in right. a short movie. Um, Got now, it. I, I think this one especially is good short. I can't imagine this yes. three and a half hours long. You're you're totally right. Um, because like I was feeling bored at, you know, two thirds of the way. And yep. then, you know, like I said, picked up um, entire opening scene silent. Oh, see, that is a total John Hughes trope too, dude. Yeah. Like using silence. Uh-huh. Like the shuffling of paper, yep. the clicking of a clock, the ticking of a clock. You're right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and then them people looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, classic. And like the highlighting of the ticket. Yes. You know, like, like I know the audience can't read this, so I'm just going to like highlight it for them. <laughs> um, yeah, why is it highlighted? That's funny. That's for us. Yeah. Um, I just also wrote down that I have a major problem with overpacking. Oh. Um. Yeah, I know that <laughs> about you. Um, so, okay, let me interrupt you for a second because I, mm-hmm. I do have a question that's been bonking around in my mind. Okay, Neil and Dell, yep. they're buddies. You could say yep. they're Gomers. Yep, the, this is the two Gomers movie. Totally. So who's who? Hmm. <laughs> That is so weird because at the bottom of my phone notes, it says, are you more Neil or Dell? I think, okay. So (laughs) I think there's an obvious answer. 
<laughs> Maybe you don't think so. You're Neil and I'm Dell. I, I think at first blush, that's, uh, that's the obvious answer. Because I'm uptight and rude and annoying. And you're, you're laid back and fun. And probably better with people. Um, so... Um, uh, so maybe we can do this when you're on, when you're traveling and you sit next Mm -hmm. to a person on the plane. Yep. Do you look for ways to talk to them Mm. or do you look for ways to avoid talking to them? Yeah. See, for me, that's like mood based, man. Sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like if I'm, if I'm heading somewhere, like I'm stressed Uh or like, um, you know, but I, I, okay. Truth be told, I love connecting with people. Yeah. I, I love talking to people. Yeah. I love little, you know, just little like observations. Like, like when, when I was flying over the Rockies member mm-hmm. this summer and yeah. I started weeping, mm-hmm. I like caught a glance of somebody next to me and I was like, eh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> you, you connected know, like, even then. That's amazing. But I, I tried not to, like, but I wanted to. I wanted to, like, talk about, like, is this not the most beautiful creation you've ever seen? Yeah. But, yeah, I, lo- I do love talking to people. But um, I have totally, I totally, I don't know, for some reason, when I have to, like, look to the side, mm-hmm. for real, like, I totally get a headache. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yes, have to I, look I to the side the whole time when you're on a plane. Right. Because it's so loud, you need to, you can't just look straight forward. And talk. Well, yeah, well, you're not, you don't talk to somebody, even if it's not loud, you don't talk to somebody like looking straight forward, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Totally. Um, okay. I would say I'm working on the fact that when I get into a crowded place, I do everything that I can not to talk to people. Um, yep. So I've been working on that. And I think the easiest thing for me is if I see somebody reading something next to me, I ask them what the book is like mm-hmm. and how, how they That's like good. it. Um, yeah, but I would say that my travel demeanor is Neil usually where I just want to get yeah. home. Um, yep. And, uh, uh, I just think about them in that hotel room. <laughs> I think <laughs> my side of the room would likely be neat. You can, you can yes. disagree with me on this. There when, you go. It, when I'm sure. in a hotel room, I don't throw things around. Mm-hmm. It all goes back into my suitcase or I even put stuff in the drawers. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. And I'm just not sure unless things have changed since we've traveled together last, that that would be the case for <laughs> your side of the room. My st- Well, uh, yeah, I try to keep my stuff sort of contained. Yeah. But yeah. No, totally. It's it's more messy. Okay. Um, Without a doubt. Yeah, we could probably dig deeper into this, but I, w- I kept thinking, like, who's who? Am I the Neil? Mm. Am I the Dell? Um, I think also it depends on who you're with. But if it's us, yeah. you're Neil, and I'm Dell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can embrace that. Um, which actually could, could play into one of these uh, gleaned from my phone thing. We can sort of combine glean from my phone uh-huh. um with uh on my phone yeah because actually i must say we covered most of the stuff we wanted to talk about like we were thinking about this as a little bit of a sweep yeah um i okay so i heard this this thing this is again mental floss i believe uh-huh. uh john candy 
Yeah. Uh, the crew brought exercise equipment to his hotel suite. Treadmills. I think I weights, read this too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and various other exercise equipment to like work out. Yeah. Through the shoot of the movie. So that sounds like me. Okay. Um, high then, hopes, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay yep. healthy. I'm gonna work out. Yep. Yep. This is gonna be great. And then Steve Martin, you, uh-huh. um, just said he never used any of it. <laughs> <laughs> These guys should start a park, start a podcast. Uh, they'd go far. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I read that and I thought of us also. <laughs> like, no, he never did it. <laughs> um, that that fit. Um, you know. One other one other thing from the gleaned. Yeah, we talked about this before, but Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. like, how how is so, so Footloose, Quicksilver? Those were like pretty big movies, right? Yeah, like, he's sure. like a big star at this point. Yeah, um, so he was filming another movie simultaneously ish. Okay, with or or maybe right after with John Hughes. Okay, called she's having a baby. Yep, I've never seen. seen it. It. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. Um, any good he looks exactly like he does in this movie in that movie okay i want i I wonder if he was if john hughes was like can you just do a quick cameo yes that's great because because yeah you're gonna fly out kevin bacon for that 30 second scene it's crazy right (laughs) um but so i think he was probably already there yeah um one fan theory is that that's the same guy, like it's in the same universe. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I think that I, I just, I loved that idea. Yeah. Um, And then also that movie, he must have been editing them at the same time or something like that. Because when uh, Steve Martin's wife is home, she's uh-huh. watching that movie. Oh. Well, Which I didn't go. know. Again, this is from people much smarter than us that <laughs> right. spend time. How would you even know that? Yeah. Wow. I love it. I, I love considering that John Hughes movies are all like Avenger style. Yes. In one universe. And if like if aliens attacked, um, uh-huh. Ferris Bueller yeah. <laughs> would be there. John Candy, both versions of John Candy from Home Alone uh-huh. and from <laughs> Planes, Trains would be there, right? They all yeah. come out of portals and defeat the aliens at the end. Yeah. That's good. And um, also... Uh, the Griswolds are right there too. Yep, exactly. They're so, all like, there. what if that's like the same Thanksgiving and Christmas? Like, man, like, what if Clark Griswold drove by them, like, with that tree? <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. We need to splice something together. That would be awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, can I just say one more time? I don't know if I said this yep. already. I don't think. I think the beauty of the movie is that both of those, both of these guys, Neil and Dell are flawed but have mm-hmm. redeeming qualities yeah. so i think that also makes them like the gomers <laughs> neither is better <laughs> they're just different <laughs> that's good man i love it all right well love listener it. if you want to weigh in about whether you think this movie is perfect we want to hear from you there's a couple ways to do this i think the best way is to go to our website perfectmoviepodcast.com and take the poll under the Planes, Trains, Automobile post. Um, we're also going to put a poll on Instagram. Uh, so follow us at Perfect Movie Podcast on Instagram. 
Um, we'll do one on Facebook, also facebook.com at slash perfect movie podcast. Or you could even just send us an email at perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com and just say planes, trains, and automobiles, no, or planes, trains, and automobiles, yes. And we're going to tally those results. And in a couple of weeks, we'll let you know whether or not mm. planes, trains, and automobiles gets on our perfect movie list. Love it, dude. You know what? Two things we forgot to mention. Yeah. Sergeant Balzac appearance. Wait, um, who's Sergeant Balzac? <laughs> okay, so Home Alone, eating the donut. Yeah. Sergeant Balzac. Okay. Uh, he's the taxi driver. Oh, yeah, right. Who put, who picks him up by the balls there in that scene? Nope. Uh, who picks him up and drives him around oh, to the right. first hotel. Okay, in that got crazy, it. Crazy. Yes, in crazy, that taxi cab. Yep. Uh, limo scene. Yep. And finally, I just want to leave. Are, are, is it we're, we're, we're at the end, right? Well, we're going to close in just a second. Yep. We're going to go to the oh, listener man. feedback. Oh, listener feedback. Okay. Yep. Here's my question. And we forgot to ask and we don't need to ponder it. Yeah. But how would how would this movie exist today? Right. I love thinking about tons of John Hughes movies. You have to wonder that. Mm-hmm. The main conceit doesn't work if they have cell phones. Yep. <laughs> if they have Apple Pay <laughs> on their phone. <laughs> That's a great question. But the thing is, when I got stuck for like two days heading out to Oregon, yeah. I had all the technology in the world. And I got there 36 hours late. You still couldn't get home. That's true. Yep. You just can't control it. Yep. So... I actually, I've been thinking about this for years, yeah. that this movie couldn't exist now because you could have Expedia, Orbitz, call a travel agent, yep. call whoever, figure it out. Yeah, Uber. Uber, yep. But you're right. Sometimes you just can't do it. And travel yep. just sucks. <laughs> and it just feels exactly the way that this movie feels. And that's why it, maybe it still works. Yep. 30 years later, traveling actually isn't, isn't, much better no not at all <laughs> still sucks <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note let's head over some listener feedback all right let's do it <laughs> it's me adam chandler i'm here to complain why didn't you guys do my favorite movie <laughs> Jackie, I don't know what that sound was. I'm Adam Chandler. I put a ton of work into that. <sighs> Never mind. There's listener <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Love it. Great. Double the work. Um, okay. So uh, here we are in listener feedback where we take a question or comment from our perfect movie podcast listeners. Anything movie related. So if you have a question for us, movie related, um, we'd love to hear it. You can go to our Facebook or Instagram, slide into our DMs, ask us a question, and we'll answer it. Um, I was looking at Facebook, and uh, we posted this recent teaser for the new podcast, right, about the the Back to the Future one, right? Yep. yep. Um, people are loving those. Thank you, Jason, for our artwork. Yes. It's been amazing. So awesome. um, Love it. So Alex, a longtime listener, um, she wrote that she watched Back to the Future for the first time. Really? A couple weeks ago. Uh, I wow. think with her boyfriend. Um, and uh, 
she got all the references and stuff and her boyfriend was asking her why and she told him like well these two guys i listen to always talk about this movie and there was a lot of explaining <laughs> that i need to be done so anyways it got me thinking um that so back to the future that feels a little bit like a blind spot right like that's a big movie everybody knows about yeah um and that she just hadn't seen yet so actually this is a question that i have do you feel like you have any blind spots like that do you feel like yeah do you feel like oh man there's like movies that everybody's seen and you're like (laughs) (laughs) tootsie (laughs) Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Tootsie. <laughs> um, I'd say my biggest blind spot right now. When when you say blind spot though, I think books. Oh, because interesting. Because I've become like a reader. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, reading almost overwhelms me because I'm like loving it. Yeah. And and it like if I were to tell you give me a hundred books, you'd be like, only a hundred. And I'm like, I have to read a hundred. <laughs> well, but, and books is um, a different deal, right? Because it takes a long time. Yeah. It can feel more right. overwhelming. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But as far as movie blind spot, you know my biggest one. Yeah. Is like the entire Marvel universe. Right. Um so do, do you feel bad about not having watched those? I I think like there are references uh-huh. that I'm probably missing. Right. I mean, I don't feel bad. Yeah. Like if I if I never saw it and and nobody ever spoke about it again, I'd be like, I didn't. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do feel like, especially now that we have this movie podcast. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta catch up on some of that stuff. Got it. Right. And I mean, you you have you're kind of coming out of a stage where you had two very young kids. Right. And going to the movies. And and actually, that landed exactly on the Marvel boom. Yep, you're you're so right. So yeah. before Lily, I remember you went to see Transformers two like three times in the theater. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I would have to think that if Lily was, if your kids weren't here, you would just go to the Marvel movies because they were playing. You know what I mean? Right. Like these That's, are these are big event that, things. Yeah. Like if you were like, what would you guys do? See, I don't even like playing that realm. Yeah, right. I know. I mean, like that we're we're just speaking hypothetically, not tragically. Yeah. Yeah, you would you would go to all the cool new restaurants. Uh-huh. You'd be at restaurant openings. <laughs> be at galas. You'd be at Transformers 3 um I opening think there's night. 5 now. Yeah. Okay. There- <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the last Transformers I saw, dude. <laughs> or thought about, right. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, so my my feeling is that you missed that that wave because yep. it lined up exactly with when you had little kids, and so yep, you're if, right on. If you're not seeing it in the theaters and you're like, oh, I miss that one, I miss two now, I miss three now, what's even the yep. point? Yep, that's the totally the way I feel. Um, now my dad, who's on the other, you know, they're em- uh, you know obviously been empty nest for a really long time, right? Yeah, um, they watched every single movie and every single thing in like a month of the marvel and then went to see the new one yeah oh wow so i think my dad was in the same boat i was oh and he hadn't seen any of them yeah so he watched everything wow in a row okay that's interesting because we've seen them all and and that's just because my boys hit the perfect age when it was really rising in the culture 
And so we yes. started going on opening night for every Marvel movie. Yep. And then up to Endgame, uh, which was the movie this summer that ended it all. Just uh-huh. so you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, or ended this giant phase of 22 movies. We just rewatch some pivotal ones to prepare. Uh, got it. Um. So, uh, but I, I and I think I, I was joking with you a little bit this around this on our like brainstorming podcast. Like, Endgame is on my perfect movie list. Right. So That's I'm gonna going have to, be to catch very up. Very interesting. I I would rather you don't. I really want <laughs> you to watch it and see what you with can with my phone up. out. I, I'm really curious, like how insider is do you is that? I don't know because I'm immersed in it, right? Um, yep. And so I I would think it would be a hilarious episode for you to watch that movie and not hmm. have seen. Okay. Most of them. I mean, you saw Iron Man, <laughs> you saw Avengers, and I think that it yeah. was just like, oh no, you saw Spider Man. Yep. Um, Somehow, what the Homecoming one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I saw Batman versus Superman. Okay, that's Bow. not gonna help very much, but I mean, maybe. maybe no, I know that's. I I know that's DC. <laughs> I know that's DC. Good job. Uh, okay, now do you do you have any blind spots? Okay, so um, I've always said that Citizen Kane is my blind spot. That as mm. like a person who went to school for creative writing and took film classes uh-huh has a film podcast and i've never seen what is on most what is on most top 100 lists as number one i've never seen mm-hmm. citizen kane feels a bit yep. embarrassing um all right so that's a blind spot i'll say that but you know alex and i went to um comic-con yep. a couple months ago I'm sure that'll come up several times on this podcast. I was yep. realizing I have more blind spots than I think. Because uh, I'd say 50% of the cosplay uh-huh. of the costumes there, I was like, what's that? What is that? Like, and I think part of it probably was because there were like anime costumes. There were probably like video game stuff. I don't know. But yep. I realized when I was there, dude, and maybe this is good news for all. I... I'm a nerd, but th- there's still this whole world out there <laughs> that I don't even yeah. come close to <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> and Alex and I were walking around like we had bought Star Wars t-shirts at Kohl's so that we could have something to wear. Um, yeah. But man, dude, it is insane. The hmm. depths of those worlds. And um, I was like feeling okay about not recognizing everything that I saw. Yeah. So you've got a lot of blind spots is what you're saying. I, I think I have more than I knew, but that wasn't a negative there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yep. that's, that's why I asked you, like, do you feel bad about not having seen the Marvel movies? Cause, cause it, you shouldn't, I think is, is my point because it's just like, you do what you can do. Right. Yep. Um, yep. and then, Usually, you kind of just, if there are references made that you don't get, you just kind of nod and smile, and <laughs> that makes the person I've never felt. Feel good. I've never felt guilty. Right. Never felt guilty. Maybe I just felt like I missed something. Sure. Because yeah. I think I would like this. I think a better hypothetical would have been if our kids were your kids' age. Yep. 
because then we would have been all in it. Yeah. Um, but like, who knows if they would have liked it or not? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. You don't know. And, and yep. that's part of it, right? Like, what are your kids going to connect to? I mean, my boys yep. uh, at that stage in their lives, especially really love that genre. And so I was like, great, bring yep. it on. Yep. Um, and then sometimes <laughs> you just have to like watch a lot of H2O. <laughs> yep. <just laughs> that's your life. <laughs> Mako mermaids. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, thanks for the comment. It got us thinking. Um, I'm glad you finally saw Back to the Future. Now maybe you can get awesome. our references a little bit more. Um, hey, if, if listener, if you have other comments or questions, we love to hear from you. Uh, you can uh, let us know and communicate with us in several ways. You can go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash perfectmoviepodcast. Follow us on Instagram, perfectmoviepodcast, or our individual Instagrams, gomer 2 and Anthony Georgeson. Send us an email if you have something longer to share. That's perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at perfmoviepod. Mm. Oh, Great. and leave us some feedback on iTunes. Please do that. That'd be awesome. We're trying to build up those ratings and build up those comments so that we can uh, get a, get as, as high of a place on, on uh, iTunes as possible. We're going for number listen. one, baby. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The Gomers back in the day, I remember pulling into Steak and Shake with my health podcast, mm. sitting at uh, top five on what's hot. I, I mean, th- that's our peak, right? I mean, we're never going to achieve <laughs> that, that kind of success ever, ever again. <laughs> like that's like time and space lined up because nobody was podcasting yet. Yep. Definitely. Uh, we'll get there yeah. again. I have confidence in us. Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, just a couple thank yous. Thank you, Jason, for our amazing artwork. Thanks to Adam, yes. our webmaster. Thanks to Noah for our music. Hey, you can check out 10 Years of the Gomers on iTunes right now. Um, just search Two Gomers and you'll find our long-running 11-year podcast, Two Gomers Run for Their Lives. Our suggestion is start with those 10-year anniversary episodes, then go back and listen from season one. Great. All right, dude. Um, I, I hope you aren't offended that I think you're like Dell. It, it's a compliment. Nope. Nope. 0% <laughs> offended. And like, I don't, I think you can see yourself in both people. Yeah. Like, that's really like, true. It goes through, um, because I've been, I've been traveling with some tight people. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and I've, and I have toured around. New York City with Bacop for a couple days. Right. Yeah. We've had you our know? fair share of travels with loose folks. <laughs> right. Yep. Like the, right. Bo- both. Um, and, and maybe it is the lesson is that uh, pe- people are different. Yep. <laughs> Here's my pitch on this movie. My last pitch yeah. <laughs> it is people are different and that's freaking annoying at first. Yeah. But spend a little time with them. Get to know them. They're at the next thing you know. Every time you go away, <laughs> your in laws are shaking their hand and they're joining you for who knows how long. I mean, is Dell now living at Neil's house? I know that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so like they come back a day later, they've all eaten, and it's like, now what? <laughs> now what? Like, what do we do now? 
Like maybe he helps him get a job. Yeah. Wait, but he has a job though. He's sort and he's of. good at it. And he knows everybody, dude. So many connections right? like in every city. Everywhere he goes. Yes. Like, yeah. Everywhere he goes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that is a great question. What the heck happens after those credits roll? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> like, it cuts to, like, a, a silent scene. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, Dell, you got to go now. <laughs> Fade or, black. Or just right. them at the Thanksgiving table just eating silently, looking uncomfortably uh-huh. around the table. Uh-huh. That reminds me. Okay. Our biggest laugh. Did you watch it with your family? No. We okay. have. I, I, it, was, it was too early in the year for them to want to watch Planes, Trains. When okay. I, when I watched the biggest, it. Okay. The biggest laugh for us, dude. Yeah. The Dell clearing his throat scene. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Now... You've made noises in the past. Yep. I've made noises in the past. Yep. But who did that remind you of that scene? Chad. (laughs) Our buddy Chad. (laughs) I think makes those exact noises. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Before bed, after getting up. Yeah. Yep. I thought of that too. Uh, Have you ever shared a bed with him? Totally. Me too. You're up. Uh, like high school, um, <laughs> college, like, after college, we've all shared beds that, together. Totally. I mean, like that might sound really weird. Come on. Everybody's been in college. Oh yeah. But like, yeah. Listening to Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. straight through laying there thinking about life. Making noises. Just tons <laughs> of noises. But for our kids. Yeah. That was the funniest scene. Love it. Rolling on the floor laughing. All right. Great way to end, dude. Um, Yep. Super fun. Love doing this together. Can't wait for next week. me too. Totally. Going to be great. All right, dude. Happy viewing. When my world says...